um, I think it's your fault. <laughs> because I also now, because of your, your, the example you've set, buy people um, waffle makers for their weddings, um, whether or not they've registered for them. Sometimes they do. So here's the thing. A lot of people don't <laughs> realize that they want a waffle maker. And so they don't register Girl. for them. Because it's just like not something you think about. I never and, knew. And when you don't think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't need a waffle maker. And then when you get a waffle maker, it's just, yes. Because you can do so much with it. Can I tell you the number of times people are like, oh, do you want to have pancakes? And I'm like, no, I want to make that into a waffle, please. And you know what else I do? Panini <laughs> press, quesadilla press. You can make friggin' brownies mm-hmm. in this bitch. Like... Not safe for work, how in love with my waffle maker I am. I so. definitely have made, um, like, avocado sandwiches in my waffle maker. So you just, no, you put, not. you know, dough in on top and the bottom, and then you press it to make nice little waffle pieces of the dough. And then you take that and you press it again with avocado and tomato and onions and, like, a fried egg and cheese in it. And, oh, man, this way to do it. Yeah. I'm telling you, it like it's so multi-purpose. I find reasons to use it, and we've had more than one at this point because we <laughs> we go through them. Like it's been nine years since my wedding. Almost, it's gonna be it's gonna be ten next May. So, what I'm saying is, people, get on this. It's worth it. We get no kickbacks. And they yeah. make <laughs> these waffle makers now, uh, which I own one of finally, and I'm so happy. They're dual plated. So you can run two waffles at the same time <laughs> in like one batch of making us waffles for breakfast. I can get, you know, that five minutes, I can get two waffles done and it's so worth it. It's so good. And that's usually what I, as Kaylee was saying earlier, that's usually what I buy people for their weddings because again, you don't think about it, but then when you get it, you're like, yeah. The last wedding we went to, they were smart enough to register for one. They also registered for a lot of stuff. I was like, that's going to take up so much room in your kitchen, babe. How often are you going to use that? But they were on the waffle maker game, but someone else had the audacity to already snag it up. So I went with the coffee maker. I was like, you know what? Priorities. Yeah. Let's do one and one and, and done. <laughs> waffle maker and coffee maker kind of go together. I prefer the two together. I think these kids are going to make it. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's time to uh, talk about the episode. Yeah, showtime. This is To the the Blueberry! I'm Alexis. I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee. I'm a real-life Sean, and we are two best friends who love this show. Very much so. Like, Kay and I, when it used to be on, like, regular airing, would text one another and call one another during the episodes um, because we were nerds. (laughs) And it spoke to our souls. Yes. (laughs) Buddy comedy for the win. (laughs) I think that's the goal of this podcast, for it to be a buddy comedy. Um, We'll see if it works or not. We laugh at each other a lot. (laughs) And, like, let's be real. I think we're the only ones who listen to our podcast, so it's okay. I do. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like my favorite murder, a Christian devotional, and 
to the blueberry. And it's like, well, car talk, which is not really a podcast as much as it's a radio show that they've converted to, like, snippets online. That's huh. it. Interesting. Yeah. That's a weird mix, right? I, I do feel like, I don't know, mine is, like, all true crime all the time, plus a few rewatch podcasts, and, like, ours is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> We are on season one, episode eleven. The episode is the episode is titled "He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, He Loves Me." Oops, he's dead. <laughs> I love this one. I is this where we kind of get into the really long and obscure show titles? We had another one, "Woman Seeking Dead Husband." Um, oh yes, very very long. But yeah, I mean, they like, they started up pretty early, I feel like, with doing that in this show. Mm -hmm. And it gives them a lot of leeway. Like, they can pretty much name them whatever they want now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's there's not, already precedent. <laughs> it's not like Friends where it had to be like the... The know, one with blah. Yeah. Or, you know, the couch or the one with blah. It was, yeah. No. I like, I like the excitement that Psych brings to their titles. But we're at a flashback. 1985. Did you notice we went back in time? In the last episode and in this episode, we went from 86 back to 85. Actually, we went 86, one episode in 87, and then back to 85 for two episodes. See, it keeps blocking out the date at the end, at the bottom of the screen. Got you. Well, so the I was just like, mid-80s? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. We're at Henry's house, and little baby Sean is, like, sneaking in through the front gate Trying to cover his, like, face from Henry with a really ugly baseball cap. And Henry's like, what's what's going on over there? What, what What's happening? And he's very obviously hiding a black eye. Oh, yeah. Full shiner. it real fast. And, uh, and he's, he's being very cute, Henry, in this scene. He's like, all right, all right, come over here. Sit down. He kind of wraps a napkin around a piece of his ice. And he's like, put this on the eye. Now... What's the name of the kid that hit you? Or, Elizabeth. Yeah. You got in a fight with a girl? <laughs> well, it wasn't really a fight. She just sort of punched me. <laughs> well, what was going on while you were, when she punched you? Apparently, Nothing, really. Elizabeth had asked Sean to sit with her at lunch, and Sean was just eating his tater tots. And out Focusing. of nowhere, Elizabeth Priorities. punched him. Uh, and, um, yet... Henry prods a little bit more, and he's like, what was she doing while you were eating your tater tots? And he's like, I don't know, talking? She was just going on and on, and I was focusing on my tater tots. Like, <laughs> it was <Henry>, lunchtime. <laughs> Henry just laughs and goes, I know what happened. You just had your first date. Ew, by the way. <laughs> also, the musical cue right here in this in this episode is hilarious. It's very, like, confused, dramatic. <laughs> very, very cute sting right oh, there. Oh, very nice nails, Kaylee. That's a beautiful. They have a lot of those music cues throughout the episode. I, I notated at least one of them, if not two of them, as we go mm -hmm. along. But okay, that's the only one I notated, so. Uh Henry tells Sean that he's going to give him advice on how to handle a date. She, he needs to listen. He needs to compliment her. He needs to anticipate their every needs. And that just doesn't go for women. That goes for everybody. Even your barber. I don't want to date the barber. <laughs> the scene ends with Henry saying, 
I'll give you the best piece of advice. Never mention to a woman their age or their weight. And we fade into the Santa Barbara Police Department. In present day, and he's about to guess a woman's age and weight as a psychic demonstration. And let me just say, before we get too far away from it, the advice that Henry gives him, if we can take that as like canon gospel, informs every interaction Sean has with everyone ever in this show because he's always fully present. He's always taking in everything they're saying, acknowledging everyone he's near. Um, you know, he's really, like, even when he's being shady towards someone or making fun of them, like, he's fully engaging with people and he's no longer checking out. I feel like this formative experience very clearly affected him. <laughs> The officer's name, as far as I could tell, was Officer Maduk. I saw oh. that on her tag. And Sean just guessed that her age was 37 years old and she weighed 127 pounds. Now, of course, Sean didn't guess this. Sean realized it because he saw her diploma. Correct? It was, it was like a plaque and it said graduating class of. So that might have been like from the academy. And so she would have been at least so many years old at that point. Mm -hmm. And then he saw like these kind of nutrition, like carb, fat, protein flashcards on her desk. So she's being weight conscious or health conscious. And so he shot low for the weight and she even admitted that he, he mm -hmm. got it wrong. She's a little bit higher than that. But he's like, oh, I think I, I think I'm seeing something from the future on that one. <laughs> so very smooth. But uh, no worries because Chief Vic is back. Yes, and she's in the background having like a little kerfuffle with Lassie. And he's like just trying to like drop a stack of files back in her hands. And she's like, you're my head detective and shoves it back into his hand. <laughs> and he's like, clearly something's going on. But um, uh, finally he sees what's going on. You know, Sean's having his little spectacle and he's like, hey, Spencer. Lassie face. <laughs> I love that so much. Lassie gives Sean and Gus this case. And they're kind of looking at the file and they realize that the victim is in interrogation for them to go talk to. So they have a little walk and talk. And Gus says, nah, man, this is sus. There's no way he's just handing us a case. This is not Lassie. <laughs> Sean was like, mm, this is an opportunity. Basically, whatever he's trying to do, it's nothing I can't handle. And I'm still going to have this case. Like... This is the whole reason for me being here. We're going to roll up our sleeves and do some old-fashioned police work. It'll be just like in the heat of the night, which makes me <laughs> Carol O'Connor. <laughs> no, that means you're Rob Steiger. That way, I'm Sydney Portier. You know that's right. <laughs> we get our first actual you know that's right. In this Isn't episode. that the first? Yeah. No, that's just the first one in this episode. We definitely have had them before. Have we? Yes. Okay, my bad. Two episodes ago, three episodes ago, something like that. But we get two of them in this episode, so I like that a lot. Um, but I had to look all these people up. So I didn't know. You never, what... you know that movie because Timon and Pumbaa reference that movie in A Lion King. They call me Mr. Tibbs. That's Sidney okay. Poitier from that movie. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. I'm yeah. learning all kinds of stuff today. <laughs> like a stanchion. But 
I noticed, and this starts it, the references in this episode are all very classic. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, very few of them are current times, except for one, maybe? One was maybe current, but besides that, it was all, like, people who were famous in, like, the 50s and 60s, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I wrote down a few, but I have a feeling that you caught more than me, so I'm excited to dive in. But, um, okay, so they go into the interrogation room, and instantly, there's, there's a, a very present naked man in the interrogation room, <laughs> and Sean's, like, blocking things with the folder file, and Sean's, like, or Gus is, like, I'm out, man, I'm out, and they have, the like, room. <laughs> Sean is, like, putting his foot down. He's, like, nope, you will work it from inside the room, and, like, yeah, so... There's a little another little kerfuffle, and I'm, that's gonna be my my word of this episode. I like that um, one. Yeah, me too. Kerfuffle. So, so I, as we move on, I have a re- reference here that I picked up that I think maybe I just wanted to be there. So I'm gonna talk to you about it. But Sean starts talking to the naked guy whose name is Fred. Got his name. last name is Turk. I Fred, caught the last name. Fred Turk. Yes, and there he's talking to. Fred and he kind of starts out normal and he's set but but he slowly gets into this weird accent and he's like I'm the head P for the SBPD what? And that, that's what he said I'm the head P for the SBPD no the the guy reacts like what yeah 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 okay what, Sorry, you're, it's bad. a what's happening <laughs> like don't get and hung up on the formalities man all I can hear when he's talking is Bill Murray from Caddyshack See, I don't like the people in Caddyshack enough to have watched Caddyshack, except a little bit against my will when I was younger, so... Mm, Okay. (laughs) It's not a fantastic movie by any means. There's so many plot lines in it that don't make any sense whatsoever, but Bill Murray is worth watching in Caddyshack. I do know that he does a lot of mumbling and trying to blow up a groundhog? Yes. Yeah. Gopher? Mole? Something. I don't know. Drew and I had this conversation a few weeks ago, and neither none of us really knew what it was. But yeah, it was a small land creature. But if you ever get the chance to just like watch some scenes of Bill Murray in that movie, um, let me know if it reminisces. Or, or if you listeners are out there and you have a chance to check that, let me know if I'm totally off base here. It's to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. I would love someone to either correct me and tell me what he's doing or agree with me. I would I would enjoy that. <laughs> but the naked guy said Fred. Naked guy Fred said that he woke up in a field and he thinks it was aliens. Yeah. We eventually we we narrow it down to that because Sean is also like, it says here you woke up in a you woke up naked in a field with the ass hanging out. <laughs> actually says this on network television. I was like, okay. And the guy's like, yeah, but I'm having trouble. I can't really remember what they looked like. He's like, what who now looked like? The aliens, man. (laughs) Gus kind of pulls his face like, I told you. Like, I didn't want to be here. But but they have this weird clothes fight. Where there's a pile of clothes sitting next to this man. And he's remaining naked. And Gus is like, tell me why you're still naked right now. And the guy's like, doesn't anybody want to take evidence? Like, I think I've been probed and experimented on. And Sean tries to, like, like compromise. He's like, well, there's a towel. That's what the towel's for. Maybe just, like, like drape yourself for our comfort. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, 
But then he like jumps out of the chair and slams himself against the the window and <laughs> Lassiter freaks out a little bit and the guy's like, don't you want to check me for scars? While Fred is kind of losing it, Sean kind of clocks two big things on him. Yes, I said clocks. Yeah. One, he has a stamp on the inside of his wrist. Some kind of partial. Looks, yeah, kind of weird. And then he has scratches all over his feet. Um, those are kind of two things that he picks up from Fred. So, the feet don't get brought up again. I'm wondering if it's something that landed. But here's the thing. The second time through, I noticed it's just on his heels. And could that mean he was dragged? I think so. That's what I had taken from it. Yeah. Okay. But then we get our credits. And then we get B-roll of the front of the psych office. And it's that stupid blue logo again. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it. But I'm waiting and waiting and waiting to see a a, a front-facing green. I'm just like, can't wait any longer. Sean is sitting at his desk and there is a pile of mashed potatoes sitting in front of him that he can obviously... Is that what that is? Yeah. Because right in front of the mashed potatoes, there's a container of, like, how he had gotten the mashed potatoes as, as takeout. Is he sculpting the mashed potatoes? I believe so. Okay, so... Do we want to have a not-so-pineapple hunt right now? Oh, no, that the next thing to say is, there wasn't a pineapple here, but there should have been. There should have been. Was he not sculpting a pineapple? Is that not what he was making? Nah, it was for sure a mountain. It was it was shaped like this. Cause I first it, I thought it was a it pineapple. Was, I I thought it was like like rounded and nah. pointy on the top. It was pointy on the top, yeah. But apparently, and yes, I googled it. The scene that happened, or the first part of this scene was cut out of the final edits, and Sean was drinking a pineapple juice box. I heard there was a deleted, but I didn't know where it was supposed to go. It's right It's right here, because if you if you look in front of the pineapple, um, no, in front of the mashed potato mountain and the box and the styrofoam container that the mashed potatoes came in, you'll notice a juice box sitting to the side. But they had, they had cut that scene, and... You could see it in, like, the release DVDs with the deleted scenes, but Um, it never ended up in the final episode. But, okay, so we're in the psych office, and Gus is actually turning around and saying, I don't know, man, maybe it's aliens. All the evidence points to the weird dude might be right. Yeah, think about it. Memory loss, confusion, he saw a little green man. And Sean is like, excuse you, aren't you the pharmaceutical rep? Aren't there drugs that he could hallucinate these things and lose his memory about stuff? (laughs) And so Gus is like, oh, you want to ask me about drugs? Gus actually names off 11 different prescriptions that could cause these symptoms. Yes, Kaylee, I counted them. Of course you did. (laughs) But then after this long-winded thing, at one point Gus goes, did I already say such and such? And Sean goes, there's no way to be sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and then Gus stops and he's like, wait a second. Didn't that guy tell you that he smelled lavender before he passed out? And Sean's like, yeah, yeah, he did. He, he smelled lavender and he saw barbed wire. That's not a hallucination. That's a location. And Sean apparently magically knows where this is. They end up at the field and Sean was like, I've been here twice. The question is, why are all the cops here? 
the field is covered with police officers and they can't seem to figure out why. But Sean quickly notices a few things as they're headed out to the field. We get our little like psychic sounds. So he notices tire tracks, the strap of like a woman's shoe, uh, you know, like a strappy heel that would have a buckle on it. It had snapped and that there were some marks in the spider web thing, cobweb that went across the entrance to the field that had been hit by a head. And it kind of helped Sean realize that, first of all, this was probably a woman and the woman was probably between like five, five two and five four. So he was looking for kind of a short woman. There is another naked guy in the field, and this naked guy once again has no memory of what happened whatsoever. But he, thank goodness, has a towel on because we're seeing full body shots here. Juliet and Lassiter are questioning him, and all he wants is a bigger towel. Like, this towel's the size of a washcloth. And then he makes some joke about this perv, quote, who's taking pictures of him, but it's definitely just the evidence guy trying to take pictures of the evidence. And Lassie said something along the lines of, do you think he gets his jollies taking pictures of you naked? Sean ends up walking up to Lassiter and Juliet and saying, hey, this is my case. You gave it to me, Remember? And he's trying to take over, and Lassiter just, like, isn't having it. Lassiter's like, this is just a copycat. This guy saw the picture of Fred in the paper, and he's hoping to get his 15 minutes of fame. But Gus really quickly disputes it. Gus is like, so he saw this guy naked on the front page of a newspaper, humiliated the, the butt of every joke at the water cooler, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and copy that. No, that's not how it works. But then that's when Sean sees the stamp on this naked guy on the inside of his wrist as well. Yeah, I see it. I said um, another wrist stamp. And then we get a walk and talk. And um, they're crossing a road and Sean or Gus is like, oh, man, I'm doing it now. Gus is like, what does tanning have to do with this? And Sean goes, it's the middle of winter in Santa Barbara. These guys look like they've just been freshly toasted. Like, they're tanning, and I was like, middle of winter in Santa Barbara? <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody was probably toasted in Santa Barbara, but Gus is trying to figure out why Sean brought him to this specific place. And Sean's like, oh, I saw the guy's butt. He didn't have any tan lines. He didn't have any streaks. That's the insti-tan process. And this particular place is a mile and a half away from both guys' houses. Okay, so you heard insti-tan, not insta-tan, right? That's what Sean says. Okay. Later, everybody else says insta-tan, but Sean said insti-tan. I wrote insti-tan, and then later I heard insta-tan, and I was like, oh, maybe I was just making that up. No, I wasn't. No, no, we heard it both ways. <laughs> I cannot wait for one of those. Oh, man, I know. So... Um, Sean refuses to ring the bell, shouts out for a representative in the tanning salon, gets no one, says, all right, you do the thing up here, ask the questiony things. You're always asking to do the questiony things. I'm going to snoop around, do my own thing. And Gus keeps saying, you're forgetting something, Sean. You're forgetting something, Sean. Sean, this isn't going to work, Sean. But Sean runs off. 
And then the guy comes back who works there. And Gus said, I'm here for a tan. And oh my gosh. Uh... He tried so hard not to say, but you're black. Like, <laughs> I mean, he succeeded. At, at one point, the poor man just goes up and he goes, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on here? Gus so, just quits. He's like, I'm done. And asks, and the guy's so relieved that oh, he's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, I've seen these guys you have pictures of. <laughs> Apparently, they're both regulars because they're single. And the single guys are always trying to stay tan to get the ladies. Now, I mean, Kay, you married somebody who is kind of, I don't know, Italian looking? But I wouldn't call him, I don't know that I'm necessarily attracted to a nice tanned man. Okay, so I'm sure there are varying schools of thoughts on this. I mean, there's the Jersey Shore school of thought, clearly. Um, <laughs> you can't see it, but she's fist pumping. Um, and my beautiful small Italian man, he tans less easily than I do. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm a freak of nature. And, um, yeah, he gets red first and then turns tan because his mama is a, is a Celtic Irish british mix of things so it's really funny but that's yeah not usually a selling point for me personally either no but um gus reports all this to sean and sean's like okay yeah maybe this is the link they're both tan for dating purposes they both tan here you know but what kind of loser thinks that tanning is gonna get them a girl enter henry Henry. (laughs) Um, so they're having this tete-a-tete. They're all sitting down in some lounge room. So I've been to a, I've been to a spa that's had a room like that. Like, just like a waiting area between services. Those are kind of nice. They usually have, like, water there and stuff. I've, I've been to those sorts of places. Now, I don't go to tanning salons, but... Yeah, yeah, I've never been to a tanning salon, so I can't speak to one of those, but this looked like a really tiny place when they yeah, walked in Yeah, yeah, but me. they had a nice little a nice little lounge area for them to question Henry at. Henry's super confused why they're there. They're having a, a why are you here off. <laughs> Sean ends up going, well, George Hamilton, we're on a case. Why are you here? <laughs> and if you Google George Hamilton, you'll be like, ah, yes, this man is being known for... <laughs> His baked abilities. (laughs) So that was the one reference that I actually caught. I did have to Google him, but I knew who he was when I Googled him. Pretty much every other reference, social social media, pretty much every other pop culture reference in this episode, I did not get. Oh, but I mean, immediately after that, Sean, who is affronted that his dad is tanning and taking an interest in his own appearance, is like, all right, well, where are the Queer Eye guys? Because apparently they're here. What's their names? Hey, Gus, what's their names? Gus is like, how am I supposed to know? Henry starts to name them. He's like, there's Carson and Jay and then the guy with the glasses and then Gus jumps in. Like, he also recognizes. And I'm like, okay, these are like OG Queer Eye Mm -hmm. team who I, I remember seeing, but I didn't watch. But I watch current Queer Eye Team. So they're, them I'm much more familiar with. But it's like, Sean's going, a woman's clearly involved. This is my lead. That's why I'm here. This makes sense. Henry's like, you don't have enough, kid. Like, you just don't. <laughs> they end up walking to the Blueberry. And 
Sean finally just goes, I'm with you on this whole alien thing. They're here, and they swapped my dad out with Jose Ebert. Oh, I super did not. I knew he called him something, but I didn't catch it either time. Googled Jose Ebert. He is a famous hairstylist. Okay. There were pictures of him with Farrah Fawcett. Here's the thing. Sean is displaying internalized toxic masculinity. And Which he he's got from doing Henry, this. If I do say so exactly, exactly. He's doing this to Henry because most likely he got this from Henry. Like these strict gender rules, and this is how it's coming out. And I'm just like, you men are a mess. <laughs> like you're messy, messy bitches. But Sean gets a call, and it, he never says who it's from, but we're, we're gathering that it's from someone in the SBPD. So then we're back at a field. And Chief Vic needs answers, and she needs them quick. And she says, you're legit on this case now. It's, it's you know, go time. Um, and so he starts doing the thing. He's like, oh, I've got something. Skin pigment and tanning and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you find something, it's going to have to do with their tan. <laughs> Give me two minutes with this guy, and I guarantee it comes down to spray tanning. And they get up to this guy, and he is very, very pale. And very, very dead. Pasty, pale dead man. Yeah, but we did skip. um, Sean saw two green marks on a piece of lumber coming into the field. So that's going to come back to play. So I'm happy you caught that because I could not, like, I remember it at the end of the episode when it comes back into play. But I never caught that pickup right here. I think I was too busy laughing at the coming down to spray tanning thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that just cracked me up too much. But and Gus has come back to, bro, I think it's aliens. I think, <laughs> I think we're dealing with aliens. And that's, Gus is a believer. That's one of the weird music cues because you get the whole, like, uh, theorem, theorem, like, alien music playing. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But <laughs> Sean does see the stamp again on this guy's wrist. And this is where we get, like, a quick shot of, like, all three wrist stamps, partials that he saw. And it sort of puts them together on this, um, unfortunately deceased man's wrist to show us that the full concept will be a shamrock uh, stamp. The scene ends with Sean asking Gus, how do you feel about leprechauns? Cut to shenanigans! <laughs> hey, Marvin! And <laughs> with a with a nice bad Irish accent, dressed as a fake pseudo leprechaun, but he points out that Shenanigans is home of the famous Bar- Blarney Stone fajitas. Now, one is Shenanigans a real thing? Yes. Two are these Blarney Stone fajitas a real thing? I do not know. I know shenanigans is a real thing. It's been referenced in other pop culture. I think most famously in um, Super Troopers. Because if you say shenanigans one more time. (laughs) (laughs) But three, why is an Irish place serving fajitas? Because it's like Applebee's. (laughs) It's Applebee's with an Irish twist. It's like everything is pre-made. Let me see where this place is. I don't know if the um, if the the fajitas are there, but I'm going to explore their pub menu. Give me a sec. Okay. Well, Kaylee's looking up whether or not Blarney Stone fajitas are a real thing. 
They do have Southwest sausage dip. I'm just going to say it. I'm so confused. Irish nachos. <laughs> Seared ahi tuna. Just like the ancestors made. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess then enough said. How about a nice shillelagh? <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't. Sean starts making fun of this guy with, with his funny ac- accent. And he said, Sean asks Marvin if in his funny accents he will say magically delicious, which is a nice Lucky Charms reference that I picked up. And the man will, he will no, not. he will not. He will not. So Google told me, not Google, Amazon Prime told me that in every episode they say the word delicious. And I've, oh no. I've never caught it before. But now that I've heard it, I'm like, that sounds right. So we from here on out, we're gonna have we need to. to watch for delicious as moving forward. Um, they also said that yeah. there's a fist bump in every episode, so fist bumps and and delicious. Delicious from here on yes, out. That's what we're gonna check for. The, the Sean makes the guy stamp Gus's wrist so that he can verify that that is in fact the clover stamp that he's seen on all the other victims. And the guy's like, whatever floats your boat, but that's really just for our, like, evening stuff. He's like, your evening stuff? He's like, we do speed date hosting. <laughs> There's a whole thing. Which I believe speed dating was invented by a couple of rabbis. Really? That is what I have been told. Also, they say it in SVU. Munch tells Ice T this, so I'm just gonna. To me, it's gospel yeah. at this point. If it comes from, <laughs> if it comes from Detective Munch, like I'm in for that. They are talking about how much the speed dating costs, and apparently, it's a hundred dollars a night to go through these six minute dates with all of these women. And John and Gus start negotiating. They're like, "Well, how about fifty for for three minutes of dating, or twenty five for a minute and a half?" And Sean said. All right, how about I float you a 10 spot and you introduce us to somebody for 15 seconds? I point this out because it comes back around. (laughs) The guy is uh, super not into it and tells them that they have to leave or he's calling the cops. Which would have been funny uh, if I do say so myself. They end up at Fred's house with the guy number one. And all over the house... Are clocks. Cuckoos, regulars, you name it, he's got it. It's ticking and going da, 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 da. They end up talking about the other victims and that's when we get the other two victims' names, which are well, we get one of the other victims' names. Victim number two's name was Phil Kaiser and then they ended up calling the third guy and that guy who turned up dead. So I don't even know if he ever got a name. We got another dead one. Turk is saying that ever since the abduction, some strange things have been happening. Or, you know, right around the abduction, some other strange things are happening. Like, the ladies just weren't taking to him like they usually do. And that he applied for a job and got rejected after the final interview. And... Which is sort of how it goes. Somebody's getting rejected, right? I was like, is that really so weird? Sean. But we find out that maybe it's due to some kind of background check stuff. Shenanigans, if you will. (laughs) 
Sean ends up looking at him and saying, I have to ask you a very serious question. Were you on time for these interviews? Yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're in Chief Vic's office. And Sean and Gus are asking Chief Vic to pay for their speed dating. You want me to spend city funds on your speed dating excursion? Like, she's very, not down, not at all interested in their shenanigans. <laughs> but <laughs> but Sean psychs, psychs out for a second. He does try to, or he does, he did tell Chief Vic that he did try to negotiate some sort of partial payment fee with the guy from shenanigans, but he just wasn't about it. Uh, and then finally, he suggests that they go Deutsch instead of going Dutch. Yes, what's it called when we when we split it? We going Deutsch? We can go Deutsch. So I want to know that this is kind of at the end of a commercial break, and then we come up, we come back to the scene at the next com- or after the commercial, and I want to know what they cut out in the middle here because at before the commercial break, Sean's sitting there normally, and after the commercial break, he has a flower stuck in his pocket, his chest pocket. I didn't realize, okay, so I thought I just missed it in the first part of the scene. I did not catch that it just, like, appeared after the commercial break. It absolutely did. I actually wrote down, why does Sean have this flower stuck to his chest? And so I rewinded it, because I kind of didn't remember it, and it wasn't in the previous scene. So, interested um, interested to know what that might have been. But uh, See, I always noticed it, and I went, I wonder why he's got that. Interesting fashion choice, but I didn't go back to check if it had been there before. Chief Vic has a hard pass on it, and Sean has kind of a psychic moment where he realizes that they're looking for a woman who likes to wear sexy, high-heeled, strappy shoes, who's around 5'2", and then... And then he asks Jules to grab him a pen and some paper, and she jumps on it, because of course she will, Um, and then he like, "Ah, ah, ah," and he's like sketching and stuff, and then... Gus takes it and hands it to Lassiter, and it's the um, tire track that Sean saw at the crime scene, and then a note to Lassiter, which, did you write down the full text? Because I, I only wrote, okay. It says, to Lassie, on the Alpine Highway of Life, you are my all-weather tires. H and K's, Sean. H and K's means hugs and kisses. <laughs> Juliet's all about that, it says, too. She's just like... <laughs> Uh, smitten with the H and K's. She thinks it's so adorable. But question for you. How have you been spelling Lassie? L-A-S-S-I-E. Okay. That's how I spell it as well. In the note, Sean had written it L-A-S-S-Y. Ah, did not see yes. it. I reject I it. I do too. I reject it flat out. I've been spelling it L-A-S-S-I-E <laughs> forever. Uh, forever. Yeah. So I don't know where the Y came from, but I started writing it L-A-S-S-I-E-Y person <laughs> okay so then um lassiter tells us that oh no never mind so what happens is chief goes okay i'm in 
but I also want my detectives on this undercover. So Jules, you're going in, you're going to be part of the speed dating also. And Lassiter, I want you as well. And he's like, but I'm, I'm working on it from this other angle. And I, I ran the talks and, and everybody had GHB in their system, which this comes up a lot in, in fictional like murder mysteries. Um, you know, you hear it all the time in SVU, GHB can be a party drug, but it just like, it drugs someone so fully and erases their memory so fully that like people can basically get away with doing anything. So yeah, I think I've um, always known of GHB as a date rape drug, not as a party drug. Mm-hmm. But I guess in small doses, I could understand why. Yeah, like it. small, small. Yeah. So Chief is like, I really appreciate that angle, and now I want you undercover. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, that's kind of where we leave off at SBPD. Oh, we did. We did also find out that the dead guy had a heart condition prior to, and that's drugs. why he was accidentally killed by the drugging yes. and so it was an accidental murder and it, like not a not a malicious murder we're back at shenanigans and lassie comes up shenanigans <laughs> episode title i just have to make sure i spell it <laughs> um lassie ends up coming up to sean and gus and juliet and tells them that they did a tire track analysis and they realized that it was a late model sports car likely based on the tires that they figured out yeah they're um high performance tires made after 2000 or yeah 2002 so it's likely an american late model sports car and um sean is like oh that's very helpful love that question no never mind cut this out that's going to be my quote (laughs) they want sean wants lassiter to claim to, to look less like him him i guess and realizes that he has his holster with him and he's wearing his yeah all the way tied up full regular suit jacket collared shirt tight tie knot and he's got his holster on under it now Um, i'm gonna say that i worked with a ton of cops at my old job and they did take their guns with them everywhere like that was standard practice i would see like my my campus chief chief of police out in public and he would have his gun strapped to his belt that was normal um but maybe it's not normal in in california or maybe it's just weird because he had it in like his holster instead of strapped to him or or hidden better the problem i think is that he looks like a narc (laughs) he doesn't look like he's there to date it it's believable that he's wearing his gun because he looks like he's there to shoot people or harass someone or arrest someone and that's obvious and um sean says that he needs to take off the tie and um like lassie's not about it he's not about to take fashion tips from sean do we need to avoid anything for you in this scene Uh, my my quote was actually from henry earlier so we're good okay cool so then he says dude you need to show some chest hair (laughs) chicks Dig the sternum bush. <laughs> Jules, back me up. Tell them they love the stern bush. <laughs> Julia just walks away and fully pieces out. <laughs> Sean looked at Lassie and said, Let's go, Simon Cow. Um, which was a more recently dated reference that I actually got without having to read it, so I felt good. With the deep V's, oh, yes. like spare me. But yes, Lassiter, show us the stern bush. That's okay by me. He oh, yeah. ended up doing it, and it looked pretty good, so I was on board. <laughs> he tells him he's got that salt and pepper. 
Which, yeah, the, um, honestly, that's a plus. Speed dating starts, and we see Marvin, the host from Shenanigans. That was a terrible accent, using. <laughs> Shenanigans! There we go. Passing out popcorn. Green okay. popcorn. Okay, hold on. Dude is in he's public. He's handling all the popcorn. Yes, he's touching it all. He's literally like scraping it from the larger bowl into the smaller bowls. And I was just like the food service person in me was like, are you kidding? I know, I know. I learned this as a child. I don't child. know that I would do that in my own house. No, no. As a child, I remember my aunts and uncles like... <laughs> Like, telling people, like, if they ever had us kids helping put out the food, they'd be like, don't touch, don't handle everything. Don't put your hands on the food. So, like, we knew. We knew not to. (laughs) Speed dating has started. Sean is on. The MC has a hideous shirt. It is hideous. Who does? I, the the MC Uh... lady who's dinging the bell. I would, I would venture to say that this was a missed opportunity for Sean saying that something is hideous because that is something he does in almost every episode. But anyway. She is so, she's so happy, the host lady, and she's walking around like, love is in the air. It's so great. Like that would 100%. Ding! Ding! Yeah. Um, we need just like a dinger <laughs> bell as the, as the picture. Sean is on a date with this random, random lady and he gives her a fake name. And... It's a fake last name that, of course, I didn't write down. And then she's like, oh, that's awful. Um, You can change that, you know. Like, what's your mother's maiden name? Maybe you could use that. And there was also a terrible, terrible name that Sean made up. Yeah, I didn't write either of them down. I really thought I was going to remember them. But there's teats in in the mother's maiden name. Yes, there is. Something, iron teats or something? I don't know. But she's like, oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. He's like, yeah, they, they come from a long line of farmers. And she's like, oh, I lived on a farm. I had a cute little goat named Cassie. Did you have any pets? Name them all. What's your favorite color? It's her, her like, happy-go-luckiness is just kind of disgusting and, and very annoying, if I do say so myself. Grating. She's great. To the point when Sean leans back and looks at Gus and says something like, uh, they'd probably get more dates if they didn't ask such boring questions. Hmm. <laughs> mean i just said ew speed dating and then lassiter is having a little bit of better luck the lady goes i hope this isn't too horrid but you have kind eyes yeah he does but his response was what kind of car do you drive do you like to go to fields oh no he he no he actually he looked kind of like flattered and he like opened his collar a little bit more at that point and then, yeah, so, and Gus is also hitting it off with someone, and then, like, instantly these two start bombing, because Lassie starts interrogating her about her car, and Gus starts interrogating his date about her shoes, and she's like, bro, do you have a foot <laughs> fetish? And starts writing down something. She's, like, done with him, and the other lady is like, that's a really shallow question. Why are you grilling me about my car? Why do you care if it's a sports car? <laughs> So, like, they're both tanking all of a sudden, but they weren't doing really well. But I guess in both of their defenses, they did end up getting information about these women. And that's really the reason why they were there. True, 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 true. But also, they probably both need yeah. dates. Sean and <laughs> Juliet end up on a speed date together. And this is another really heavy pop culture moment. So. 
Oh, I missed Oh, gosh. Sean said, okay, let me ask you a question. You, me, Burgess Meredith, Hune Crony, Nipsey Russell, Deserted Island. Who do you sleep with? And Juliet is like, so it's you or a bunch of dead guys? And he said, okay, I'll give you Scatman Crothers and Flip Wilson. And she goes, dead, dead. And the the line ends with John O'Pleasance, also dead, by the way. Um, so we, we end up getting these historically like pretty amazing actors. One, two, three, four, five, six of them. All of them were super popular in like the 60s. I had no idea who any of them were. Yeah, I'm... They're not ringing my bells. If I Google them, I might, you know, know their faces more. But yeah, sorry. that I just kind of like let that breeze on by me. <laughs> just like he was trying to get her to admit that she would pick him um, on a desert island. And then it gets even more awkward for poor Julia. Because then she's seated with Lassiter. Silence. Yeah. She just starts eating the popcorn. Like, Jules, no, there's got to be a better way. They're quiet, they're sitting, and the host walks up to Lassiter and said, tell her she looks pretty. And Lassiter's response is, yeah, no can do. And they continue to sit in silence until the bell rings. They've already had this discussion in the car. There will be no sexual harassment allegations on this partnership. Um, But I think it ends... Pretty much after that, Sean is on a last date, and the last thing he says is kind of like, yeah, huh, sorry, uh, I've kind of been a, a high heel guy since single weight female. <laughs> and, and the lady's just like, the date's over, the date's over, the date's over. Like, Miss MC, get out of my head. They end up uh, kind of reconvening Sean and Gus too, and Sean is like, hey, this girl's it. She uh, drives the right car. She's the right height. She wears the she wears high heeled shoes, and she's a pharmaceutical representative. So she would have access to the GHB, right? And Gus is like, well, at least she'd have stuff to make it. So I think that would work. Uh, Sean is like, we're gonna we're gonna have to go on a date with her. It'll be okay. And Sean realizes that Gus is the one that needs to go out with her because they matched. And she's a pharmaceutical rep, which it just makes more sense. They have something initially in common, but I guess they're, what's it called? The questionnaires. Gus is like, so you want me to go out with a possible murderer? Are you kidding? It's a very on-brand thing for Gus, actually. Right, (laughs) because he went out with a a potential murderer in the last episode. So then Gus walks over to talk to her because she's very excited to talk to him. And then the very excitable MC lady goes, oh my god, oh my god, this has never happened in the history of the speed dating. And she, like, throws Juliet at Sean, and she's like, you two were a 100% match on your questionnaires. And then she dings the bell some more. Like, date people, <laughs> date! Make beautiful love! Uh, they both have this real awkward moment and then just run away from each other. Yeah, they both come up with, like, weird excuses. Um... So, I guess it's supposed to be the next night. It doesn't make it super clear. But now we're in a bowling alley. And Sean is there to scope out Gus while he's on his date with their suspect. 
And all Darcy wants to do is rub Gus's head. Oh my god. So relatable, though. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gus doesn't know what to talk to this woman about. He went through all of his ideas during the car ride over, and Sean gives him this list of, like, starter questions <laughs> to, to st- help start the conversation, but then he immediately notices that Juliet is on a date. Yeah, what was the question that Gus is like, what, on his way? Um, oh, it was... Deserted Island. Who, yeah, it was the same question he asked Juliet, the, who would you sleep with on a deserted island, I think. I know it was Deserted Island, but it didn't have, like, the same names. I forget what else Gus said, but, um... So, yeah, Sean gets super distracted and just wanders over to, like, bowl in the direct eyeline of Juliet. So when he's walking over to her, the song Steady As She Goes comes up, and it's and it goes up deep. And I know that song, like, to hear it, mm-hmm. but I don't know the words to it. Do you? Oh, yeah. Is that applicable to the situation? No, it's just a pop song of the time by the Raconteurs, which is a... a group that Jack White from the White Stripes briefly belonged to. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So this isn't another Stacy's mom situation? Mm, I mean, it was, it's very like, find yourself a girl and settle down. Live a simple life in a quiet town. Um, so, like, it's not inapplicable to, like, the dating moment, but it's just kind of like one of those fun pop songs that they were probably super pumped to get the rights to use. <laughs> He's bowling, Sean's bowling, and he hits one pin, which is kind of how I bowl, so I feel that. (laughs) And he sees Juliet, and she's on this date, and he goes, oh, Detective O'Hara. And I'm like, why do you call her Detective O'Hara now? He's, like, playing it off. It's, like, super chill, whatever, not personal. I'm not here for you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, he's in a league. He likes to practice between 14 and 15 hours a week. Wow, I had no idea. (laughs) And Lego wants to sponsor him. Oh, that's great. No, they want me to wear Lego shoes. So I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> so her date comes over and he's like, um, well, Jules gets kind of flustered and goes, oh, how rude of me. Let me make introductions. And I don't remember this man's name. Kyle. He's also very, very tan. He is. <laughs> but he's got these beautiful blue eyes. Yes. And he's got a very tight tuck on his shirt. <laughs> that Sean so kindly points out. <laughs> but he wants uh, Sean to see what he can tell about his future. And then um, as Sean is trying to politely demur, he puts his arm around Juliet, which Sean cannot ignore. And he decides to tell the man that he sees a lot of rejection in his future. Oh, do you mean like work-wise? No, not like work-wise. I mean, <laughs> but I should go. You guys, you kids have fun. <laughs> We get back to Darcy and Gus, and Darcy's just rubbing his head, yes. And she kind of stays there, and Gus bolts away to talk to Sean, and points out that Darcy wants to go back to Gus's place, but Gus had told her that he lived in a beach house. Why would you tell her that? I was trying to impress him, I don't know. (laughs) So they decide that the trick is that they'll take the date to Henry's house so they they continue so that they can continue to watch her more. And Sean's going to go ahead and make sure that Henry's ready. Yeah, he tells Gus to just make sure he drives slow. 
Sean and Henry end up on Henry's back porch. And Henry and... hates this game. He hates oh, it. Oh, yes. He, he's like, Gus should not be deceiving this girl. And then Sean's like, Sean's like, yeah, but it's for Gus, man. And, you know, the girl may or may not be a suspect in a homicide investigation. And <laughs> this makes Henry even more upset. He's like, this isn't even about Gus finding love. This is, this is for some investigation. And I'm not interested, Sean. I don't want to be part of your sting operation. Which is just kind of this beautiful segue to Gus coming in the house. And Sean just grabs Henry and pulls him back, back on the porch. And Gus kind of sneaks in. And there's like some do, 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 music going on. It's kind of beautiful. Um, they end up sitting on Henry's couch. And Darcy's like, oh, you really like fishing, don't you? No, I don't like fishing. And then, oh, no, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because it cuts to all these, like, fishing mementos all over the room. Gus just starts naming random fish for some reason. Sturgeon's a fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sean is outside with Henry, and Sean starts smelling something. Well, he starts to smell something. He's like, what What do I smell? There's, like, gardenia with a hint of, like, mango? And then he's like, it's you. <laughs> Did you take a bath with bubbles? Yeah, he wipes something from behind Henry's ear, and Henry's like, it's just this new soap I've got. It just foams more. He's, like, Sean is so personally offended. And, and, and by the way, Henry says, real men take baths. <laughs> name one, name one other man who has taken a bath. John Wayne, Rio Bravo. Boom. So, uh, it wasn't John Wayne who was taking a bath in Rio Bravo. Ooh. It was his It was his partner. Again, another fact that Amazon told me. But, um, anyway. <laughs> Sean. Well, Henry's roast is ready. It's dinging for him to go in and baste it. Ah, uh, ding, ding, ding. More bells. And Henry is like, I'm not letting my meat get dry and you have to go baste it and so he just marches through the living room and Darcy's like Who, who's this and Gus goes oh this is Henry he's, he's my roommate and he's making a, a roast <laughs> so briefly let's just acknowledge that Sean says the term metrosexual and then Henry also says the term metrosexual which is not a cool term it never was but even when they're talking about the roast and they have this little tiff about that, he's like, it's not like I'm making a quiche. This is man food. And I'm like, clearly he got these unhealthy things from you, Henry. We're just, mm. we're just hitting the nail on the head over and over again and beating that dead horse. Why can't I stop talking cliches? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is where he got his bad ideas about gender norms and shut up about your man food. Take a bubble bath if you, if you like it. Yeah, it helps him think. So Henry pieces out again. And then, so Henry is like, okay, I'm done. I uh, basted the roast. Uh, excuse me now. And Darcy says, you know, Gus, it's fine that you have a roommate, but it's kind of cramping our style. Like, maybe we should go somewhere a little more private. Like, we could take a drive. I know these back roads. We could go to this field. And Gus is like, uh, a field and 
Sean and Henry are watching through the window and Henry is watching the hurt on this girl's face as Gus hesitates. And he's like, this is not your girl. Like, look at her eyes. She's not, she's not being shady. She's, you know, trying to have a moment with this man. And she kind of starts to break down a little bit. She's like, you don't like me. You don't, you don't want to be on this date. You only went out with me because we matched at the speed dating and you felt bad. And Gus is trying to back out and saying, no, 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 it's because of my hay fever. I just, a, a, a field is the last place I should be right now. And then she starts to cry. And Henry's like, I told you, man, she's not your girl. Look at that. Those are real tears. And Sean says, and real snot. And she's just like sobbing into Gus's shirt. And then we get another call on Sean's cell phone. <laughs> Sean is all of a sudden just going to rush and he's going to leave Henry with Gus and Darcy to kind of handle it so that he can go figure out what's going on because Marvin is in interrogation at the SPPD. Yeah. So now we're back and Lasseter is grilling Marvin and, and they say that he was picked up outside of a speed dating, um, um, What's it called? Not a candidate, Event? but like a, a what? A questionnaire? No, he's picked out outside somebody's house. Oh, out of one of the, like, the daters' homes. Yeah, and so it looks like he was kind of sort of stalking somebody, and then they found questionnaires at his house, like discarded ones. Um, so that's what they're like, this is you. You did this. You were stalking people. Like, why were you drugging these men? <laughs> Marvin's like, no, 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 no. I can't afford to speed date, so I just take them home with me so that I can get dates. I just use the information to try to get dates. No big deal. Yeah, like I, I am skeevy, but I'm not guilty. And behind the glass, Chief is asking Sean, like, what do you think? And Sean's like, this guy's definitely something. He's in on it, but he's not a female and he's not the right height. Like, he's probably a partner, but... I think the implication is they need him to find the rest of the guilty party. So Sean suggests that they let him go because Sean is certain that if they let him go, they're going to lead him. They're going to lead. He's going to lead them directly to the, the partner. And Chief Vic just calls off the interrogation. She's like, Hey, let him go. And Lassie just is so confused. Why would I, why would I let him go? And he's just like talking to the glass, but the wrong part of the, the glass it's so great it's a great little moment we are back at another speed dating event at shenanigans <laughs> every time <laughs> and the host sees them walking in and just very politely walks up to Lassiter and she's like hey I don't want you to waste your money you were not very good at this and then he just pulls out his badge like get out of my way woman <laughs> <laughs> Gus ends up arriving and he's Bad. He's also He's wearing sitting. Henry's shirt. <laughs> they, <laughs> Sean asked him what he's wearing, and he said, I had to borrow this from your dad. Mine was covered in snot tears. What is that, a hibiscus? <laughs> Which, Henry's shirts are always a missed pineapple opportunity every single time. If they're going to be tropical, why not? I agree, I agree. Sean ends up cutting in on this date that's going on, 
Um, and apparently it's been a pretty bad Oh, it's date. a train wreck. This man's talking about getting lost in a snowstorm and eating his own toes and drinking his own urine. Like, this poor girl. But this guy is actually one of the writers of Psych. I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know I thought, it, but I'm super not surprised. <laughs> I thought you needed to know that or be like, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Sean sees the woman from before, from his very first speed date. Her name is Glenda. <laughs> she's sitting right next to where Sean sat down. And he notices that she's asking this guy all of the same questions that he, she had asked Sean. Yeah, like, are, you sure? are you sure? Are you sure you're not from Europe? You have that look. What's your mother's maiden name? Yeah, she does it so well. <laughs> and immediately Sean notices that she has a tan line on her hand. Where her ring should be. Ring. And then catches her glancing over at Marvin, who's kind of like flirting with another participant. And and Sean also sees a tan line where a ring should be on his hand. But this poor pretty girl sitting with Sean is like kind of into him and trying to have this date. <laughs> Sean ends up just standing up and like clinking on a glass and starts having a full-on psychic freakout. Where he's like, two people here are not here to fall in love. In fact, they're not even single. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) Glenda and Marvin. They're an odd couple, to be sure. Odd couple. There we go. That's another reference I actually did catch. Oh, hey. (laughs) They, he points out that Glenda has been using these speed dates to collect these sorts of questions that you would answer as part of a like credit card application, like a bank or a verification questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that Marvin is collecting their names and addresses, and that they're drugging people to get their credit card information. They're committing credit card and identity fraud, and then the girl sitting with Sean like moves her purse. And Glenda looks all fronted, but it's just like, ew, shady. (laughs) As part of Sean's freak out, he goes, the tan lines on your finger will prove that you're not only married, but that tanning had something to do with it. Chief is so over this. The tanning had something to do with this investigation. Thank you, Chief. (laughs) So they're taken away and... Sean gets back to his date, but then Jules cuts in on his date, and he his excuse is, sorry, this is uh, my parole officer. And this poor girl, like, <laughs> just like, oh, uh, I see, and just kind of, like, goes. And I was like, damn, Jules, but she's, oh, she's just there to clear the air because they matched 100%, and Sean's like, wait, I thought you were on a date, and she's like, yeah, no, that's over. He couldn't bowl. And that's That's a a deal deal breaker. (laughs) So, yeah, she's like, I don't want it to be awkward because we work together. We're going to be working together so often. Like, I'll see you at work. I'll see you at work. Super not awkward. This isn't awkward at all. Sean does end up saying that he had copied all her answers. And that's why they were 100% match. I don't sew my own pajamas, Jules. (laughs) That always reminded me of you in high school because you were always making your own pajama pants. I was, I did that a lot. I don't do that much anymore, but I did finally get another sewing machine when COVID hit so that I could start making my own masks. 
Mm. And it has made my life so much better to fix our clothing with a sewing machine instead of doing it by hand. Wicked talented. I uh, I do not sew. I only cook. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> They're both good traits to have. <laughs> so Gus sits down after Jules leaves, and um, he's kind of like picking at this plate of food and... Sean is like, bruh, no, ew, Gus, don't eat that. Come on, that's terrible. I'm hungry, man. Come on. And then... We don't have to stay here. Yeah, he's just like... Dude. Jerk chicken. <laughs> you know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> end. <laughs> Which was a great way to end that episode. I'm very happy that that was, that was where they hit it. I feel like jerk um, chicken is a good ending one for them. They do that a fair yes. amount. Agreed. Love. I did miss a pop culture reference earlier when Sean was listing off all of the questions that Glenda asks people to get their like bank security information, he said, what's your mother's maiden name? What's your favorite color? Did you have any pets? What were their names? Name all the Bee Gees. Oh, questions yeah. like that. <laughs> I did. I did remember that from the episode, but I didn't, I don't know why sometimes I just like let it pass, like not as a pop culture reference. I'm not used to it yet. Mm. So when did we say delicious in this episode? Magically delicious. Oh, magically when we delicious. First met Marvin, Marvin. Who I still, whose name I cannot say as well as you can. <laughs> I only say it as badly as he said it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, I didn't think this one was going to take us like a super long time um, as far as like recordings go. It didn't like, I don't know, last week's episode felt like so busy. There was like a lot of like back and forth, back and forth, and like a lot of exciting stuff. But I should say, I did forget we had a, um, not a corrections corner, but something we forgot to circle back to last episode on Pluto. Because officially, the, um, basically the Space Association still says that Pluto is a dwarf planet or a minor planet. It meets two of the three criteria for a major planet. But everyone else, including, shoot, I'm going to get this wrong. I feel like it's iowa where the guy who discovered pluto is from but many many places like schools and universities and stuff they're like it's always been a planet to us it remains a planet to us (laughs) suck it (laughs) so it really it. it depends who you ask like whether pluto is a planet or not officially no unofficially absolutely like okay i'll go for that yeah so have you heard about pluto that's messed up right it's still uh acceptable line still applicable because officially yeah i like it okay so we did a full episode here Uh, i think we hit a ton of pop culture references oh there was a ton just peppered through we kind of had a pineapple we kind of didn't it's kind of a bummer so i'm alexis whatever sean all i know is whenever i varnish my boat and i don't want it to streak i sand off the layer first same thing goes for tanning yeah. And I'm Kaylee. Question. Is that what you're wearing? And this has been... To the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>